And not just a look and feel, but a whole set of values, storytelling, leaning into digital and social media, leaning into video, leaning into podcasting and webinars. Although I'm, I think webinars are starting to get very stale. That's an example. Of, we need to start to rethink that, everybody, before you know it's too late. Welcome to the Marketing Moguls Podcast, where we talk to the big shots, the heavy hitters, the cream of the crop in the world of marketing. This is a show where we sit down with the most brilliant minds in the industry, We pick their brains to find out what makes them tick, what makes them successful, and sometimes what makes them want to pull their hair out. Each episode, we'll be talking to top executives, entrepreneurs, even influencers who have made their mark in the marketing world, and we'll be asking them tough questions like, what's the best way to increase conversions? Or how do you come up with a killer ad campaign? Or why do marketers always wear black? But let's be real, we're not just here to talk shop, we're also here to have some fun. So we'll be discussing some of the latest trends. We're going to be sharing some hilarious marketing fails and maybe even trying to convince our guests to let us in on their secret to creating the perfect meme. So whether you're a marketer, a business owner, or just someone who's fascinated by the world of marketing, this podcast is for you. Sit back, grab your favorite drink, and join us as we dive into the minds of the marketing moguls that are shaping the industry today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Marketing Moguls Podcast. We're here with Roy Sexton today. He's the Director of Marketing over at Clark Hill. Welcome, Roy. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. So before we get started, we always like to hear a brief background from our guests. If you don't mind, can you give me like a short origin story of how you got here, who you are, what See, you do? You wanted to work in a comic book reference because you know I'm a big nerd and you started with origin. origin. Oh, yep. Yeah. Or Orange Story. I can't or- Great. Yeah. Good. Off to a great start. No, my I was born on Krypton. I was put in a rocket ship by my parents who couldn't stand me, sent me to Earth. No, I have lived serendipitously through my career. I was an English and theater major in undergrad and then realized I wanted to eat. But for some reason, I got a master's in theater, d- doubled down on a degree I thought I couldn't use, and then went into college fundraising and Deloitte was on campus recruiting. And I talked my way into a job I wasn't qualified to have. That got me into healthcare, into strategic planning. I was in a healthcare system for about a decade. Got my MBA at the urging of my husband, who has never understood my career path. And once I got my MBA, they added marketing to my portfolio at the healthcare system. And that has led one thing to another. I realized that I wanted to work with an even more bureaucratic organization. So I went from healthcare to legal and just threw my my resume out there at one point because I wanted to change and got hired by a, a local mortgage foreclosure firm of all things got involved in the Legal Marketing Association because I realized very quickly, while there are intersection between doctors and lawyers and the way you market kind of that service side of the house, they're very different as well. So Legal Marketing Association helped me kind of find a career path. And I've stuck with it ever since. This is my third firm, the largest firm I've worked at. And probably, no slight to the others, the best firm I've worked at, a really wonderful organization that supports bringing your authentic self to work. And I think our outcomes reflect that. Nice. That's awesome. Wow. So theater now to marketing. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about, do you think that the creativity in marketing kind of drew you to it or what drew you from theater into the world of marketing? Getting a steady paycheck drew me into it. No, I mean, I, I, we joke a lot in our legal marketing space that none of us grew up as children saying, I want to be a legal marketer. When right. So many of us started in other spaces But I do think there is an interesting advantage I get from having done theater and and really looked at the narrative impact that theater has on an audience. And so acting and performing, you're reading an audience in real time and kind of measuring how are they responding to what I'm doing. I think also the very act of putting on a production 
if you've never done theater, you don't know how intense it is to get ready. My husband used to joke, can't you just skip practice tonight? And I'm like, honey, it's rehearsal. Yeah. No, I can't because every rehearsal is key to getting to that deliverable, which is the show in front of an audience. And it's very much about being part of a team and letting everybody be in their lane. And I think bad actors are the ones who only worry about themselves on stage. Good actors see it as an ensemble. And if I can support my fellow actor on stage, either through preparation off cycle or in the moment by not stealing their laugh, letting them have their moment, there's a more holistic experience the audience gains. So that that production side of theater. And then I would also say I started a theater company here about maybe 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. We had to do a lot of our own marketing. So I got to try a lot of techniques, just getting people to show up for, you know, some godforsaken musical no one would have otherwise wanted to go see and learning how to use social and digital media to make that process enticing to the audience. Mm-hmm. I borrowed a lot of that for law firm marketing, to be honest. Yeah, it's always interesting because when we talk to people who are like entrepreneurs and like you mentioned working with your theater company, like when they start their own businesses, I feel like oftentimes everyone knows about marketing. Everyone wants to do good marketing, but it's not something that a lot of people have a lot of experience in or have put a lot of time into. And so it's really cool that you mentioned that because I think that connection is so true that oftentimes when you want to do your own thing, you still have to remember that marketing is a huge part of what you're going to be doing, whether you're working for yourself or you're working for someone else. So it's it's always... The, the theater side of me has, and the liberal arts college I went to has sparked an intellectual curiosity. I've always had my parents raised me that way as well. So for me, I don't think I know what I'm doing. And that keeps me motivated to try something new and to explore. I think the downside of that is marketing is one of those few disciplines lots of people on the outside have opinions about. They mm-hmm. think they know what will work. And as you learn and grow in your profession, you use data, you use experience, you use outcomes to say, wait a minute, I, I've actually tried this before and it worked. Let's try it again here or let's modify. Or, you know, that is an interesting idea, but the execution, let me work on that a little bit. So that that collaborative piece is that remains crucial because you're always trying to build your stakeholder support within an organization when you're in a marketing role. It's very crucial in a law firm just because of the business model. You know, every partner is an owner in the business and as such, they all feel sometimes that you are kinkos down the hall that should just execute their punch list versus a consultant who can work with them to help get their name out there in the best way possible. So I try to bring everything from my background into that recipe book to maintain my credibility, to be open to new ideas, but also to frame them in a way that puts the attorneys in their best light. Yeah, it's interesting too. Like, so for you, having worked in kind of legal marketing for a little while now, and specifically at Clark Hill, have you found it to be challenging at all because of the kind of like the realm or the industry that you're in in legal marketing? Like, what are some of the challenges that you've gone through with maybe doing the marketing that you're doing now? Well, it, it's funny you mention that. Sometimes I wonder if I'd ended up as a marketer in the retail space or, you know, some kind of product sales would I be any good at that? I feel like part of why I'm effective in legal marketing is I understand the techniques and the approaches, but I also am sensitive to the politics in any given organization. Healthcare was rife with politics. Law firms are really rife with politics because the business model is each attorney gets the credit for the business they bring in, and I get all the blame for the the business they don't bring in. Gotcha. Really, you really have to be constantly assessing the temperature in the room without ingratiating yourself unnecessarily. I see a lot of 
younger legal marketers make the mistake of, well, if I just do what will keep the attorneys happy, mm-hmm. I'll have a good career path. But they don't know what they don't know. It's kind of like hiring a groundskeeper and then saying, I want you to paint my lawn pink. Well, why? You know, but they asked me to do it. I better do it because they, they pay my salary. And so you have to find that finessed nuance to say, I hear you. I understand your idea. I have this experience. Let me bring it in and, and come back to well, what's our outcome here? Are you trying to reach an audience or are you trying to dictate the way we reach that audience. And I think that I learned from theater folk as well, because lean into your director when you're on stage and the actors who we always have notes after a rehearsal and the director says, do the, do more of this, do less of this. And the actors who sit there and argue with the director always do poorly on stage because that director is your proxy for the audience at that point. Mm. They're looking to bring the best out in you because they want the whole production to be good. So I tend to borrow that same mindset when I'm marketing in a law firm, it's less about my ideas solely. It's pulling from the grab bag of things that might have worked, customizing them to the personality and the talent you're trying to market, and then having them feel good and have that sense of ownership around the solution. So then they support, see the outcome, and let you keep doing your job. Yeah, totally. Would you say too, like, I love how you say lean into your director. Would you say that to people now that are either working underneath a director of marketing or people that work for you? Would you encourage them to say you're just like a a lower level marketing specialist or maybe an email marketing specialist or something? Would you encourage them to lean into their director of marketing as well? I, I think so. But I also would encourage the directors of marketing not to get too full of themselves in that process either, because I we went through a, a, a bit of a, a light restructuring, right? Kind of at the peak of the pandemic, which mm-hmm. is a pandemic that never ends. And it occurred to me, what I had inherited was a wonderful team of people who are all geographically deployed. So I'd have a marketing coordinator that was responsible for four or five offices, and they were supposed to understand the entire marketing continuum, which is very inefficient. And we kept saying, why is there so much inconsistency? Why does this event look different in the West Coast than it does in the East Coast? was I surveyed the team and found out, what do you like doing? It naturally fell into somebody really liked doing events. Some people really hated doing events. Some people really liked doing social media marketing. Some people liked the DEI space. Some liked writing. So we restructured centralizing that. So for our 27 offices, we now have an event planner who supports all of those offices. We have a social media person who does that for the entirety of the firm. That creates a greater cohesion of message and brand. It gives them a sense of ownership. Mm-hmm. And and I got a little pushback in the early days. Well, how can one person do all those events? Well, if they stop doing all the extraneous other things they were doing that they don't enjoy, and not that we have to enjoy everything at work, but when we enjoy the things we're doing, we're just that much more effective at them. At least that's been my experience. So mm-hmm. having all that go away and having that person focus on the thing that they do really well, them leaning into their own strength and power, then I lean into them. I learned from them. I, you know, I, I know enough about social media to be dangerous, but that's flipped now. Alex France, who heads that up for our team, she now keeps bringing me things and I'm like, great. I, I don't know. <laughs> please try that. You know, so I think it's both lean into the experience of the person, know that they have your best interest at heart, because at the end of the day, if you're the director of marketing, you're running a play called the marketing team mm-hmm. and you want all of them to shine because then you shine. You're not threatened by them. The, them being elevated elevates you. Hopefully the, the firm is progressive enough to say, wow, you've done a good job with that team. We're ready to give you an additional challenge. So live in that abundance. But conversely, don't think you know everything. Your team, is, if, they're, if they're positioned right, they're continually growing 
And they'll start bringing you things you didn't know about and have the savvy to say, that's a great idea, run with it. And then give them the credit, shine the light on them, let the organization know. Because at some point, you know, we're talking about the world is talking about layoffs and things. Last year, mm-hmm. we had a talent shortage. Now, oh my gosh, everyone's going to lose their job. So I've always found healthcare was constantly going through, let's restructure, let's restructure. And in my early days, I made sure leadership saw what everybody was contributing, mm-hmm. less likely than to question, do you need that person doing that? They know what that person's doing and they know that person's valuable. And hopefully then they know I'm valuable because I brought the best out in that person, which yeah. they had in them all along, but I was able to kind of help, help them elevate. So help show it to everyone. Yeah, definitely. Hey there, we want to take a quick second to thank our sponsors of this episode, Tier 11. Do you ever sit at your computer wondering why you're spending so much money on advertisement for your business that drives little to no revenue? Does the idea of another month with low engagement make you want to pull your hair out? Well, you're in luck because the team of professionals over at Tier 11 can handle these issues in no time flat and make you forget all about your nightmare ad experience. Tier 11 is an advertising agency that manages over $100 million in annual ad spend and has more than 15 years of advertising experience. So it's pretty safe to say they know their stuff. Stop wasting your time and your budget on advertising that doesn't work and trust the professionals instead. Head over to www.tier11.com today and chat with a team member to learn more about how they can help you get more customers and increase their lifetime value. That's T-I-E-R-E-L-E-V-E-N.com. Now back to the podcast. And I love how you mentioned continual learning too, and how you're still learning. I feel like a lot of us kind of forget about that, but that's something that we're like really big on with the podcast, of course, because the hope is that by having guests like you come on, we can help everyone else continue to learn as well. Like that's one of my biggest things is continuing to learn. And I think it's really important. And you have to use your critical thinking mindset too, because I think sometimes you can go too far the other direction where it's like any new uh, a piece of technology, new platform. Oh, we got to do that right away. Well, yeah, not always. Sometimes assess how it's working, pilot it in a small space, see how it's if if it's getting the outcome you want, and then expand it more broadly. But have the critical thinking to say be open to it, but also not just chase every new idea that comes, you know, pops up on LinkedIn. Yeah. Otherwise, you're probably going to be pretty busy. (laughs) Right. And and ineffective. I mean, you're just going to be a novelty king as opposed to really, you know, kind of being thoughtful about, okay, these are the things that are working for us. If they're working for us, do we need to add something else in? I also am struck by people never think about the bandwidth of the human being. They just think more, more, more. Well, they're doing that well. Let's give them more because they must have gained some efficiency. Yes, but they also need some think time. Let, yeah. let there be some air in the process. Let them come to you and say, I think it's time to do less of this and more of this. You know, let the team drive some of that decision making too. So. Definitely. And you mentioned, you know, trying to focus at least somewhat on the things that you're doing well, the things that you know well, and that the things that you can accomplish well. What are some of the things at Clark Hill that you all are currently doing that you would say you're doing well? Like, what are some of your specialties in terms of how you market your services and the business as a whole? So are you talking about what Clark Hill does in the legal space or or what our marketing team is doing? Specifically what your marketing team is doing. Okay. Yeah, I... We relaunched our brand. It was 2021, May of 2021. And I think that was a great sort of watershed moment for us because up until that point, Clark Hill had grown through acquisition of a lot of smaller regional firms, had never integrated that culture under one 
brand and not just a look and feel, but a whole set of values, storytelling, leaning into digital and social media, leaning into video, leaning into podcasting and webinars. Although I'm, I think webinars are starting to get very stale. We need to, that's, a, that's an example of, we need to start to rethink that everybody before, you know, it's too late. But that I think our team really leaned into that collectively. That was about the same time we started thinking about being functionally based. And we've kept that brand fresh and vibrant and a leading message now for almost two years because just because you launch your brand, you got to keep reinforcing it. We've started a Q&A series to make sure that we're spotlighting our individual talent, telling their stories, both from a professional perspective and from a personal one. We're using video very effectively. We reached about 12 million people on our social media channels last year and about 500,000 on our video assets. Now, the challenge for me is we're still grappling with having a CRM, not having a CRM. Anybody listening to this, oh, good, I can pitch them on a CRM. What's well, a big investment? We've The problem is we've done so well without one mm-hmm. that now the question is, well, do we really need to invest in that? The problem is we've created this great following and audience and presence and awareness, but we're not collecting that information as clearly as I'd like us to for follow-up to move people down the funnel, as we used to call it in more consumer-facing marketing. And I mean, the first time I talked about a funnel here, and looked at me like, what? But I'm like, okay, <laughs> up here is where I thrive, which is how do we make as much noise and get people excited about who we are and what we are? Yep. But we need to be moving those folks toward a purchasing decision. And if I don't know the names, you know, we have a wonderful business development team and they're doing exceptional work in that regard, but I still feel like we have a blind spot around how are we moving those people along? We'll get there. I'm not complaining. It's just, you know, in in spirit of openness, I think we're doing a really great job with presence and awareness and using digital channels in very creative and innovative ways, unlike maybe some other law firms. Our challenge now is in taking that and leveraging that voice really specifically. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that top of the funnel that you're talking about, it's so important because once you bring people in there, they're there, but then what? You know what I mean? So it's like, you got to know what where you want to go with that and everything. And at one other point I want to add, I'm very fortunate, and I'm not just saying this to butter people up, but we have a, a CEO who's very progressive in all the, the right ways, sort of mm-hmm. about how do we build a culture? How do we engage with people? And I have a boss who's based in Dublin, Ireland. Everyone's like, your boss is in Dublin? I'm like, yeah, that's the kind of firm we have. If you're talented, you you live in Dublin, but you're you're part of our C-suite because you're you're very creative and thoughtful in the marketing and business development space. But both of them have thought very intentionally around culture as as a marketing technique, and and a bit before other people were sort of jumping on that bandwagon. And I think it comes from an authentic place for us. Yes, you want to tell people about all the accolades and the successes and things that that has value. But at the end of the day, someone hires an attorney, much like they hire an accountant or a therapist or an interior designer. Sorry to equate all those. But if I can work with that human being without them making me feel ashamed of what I don't know, yeah, I will let them, again, lean into their expertise and do what they do so well because I feel trusted. I feel seen. And so elevating that, that we have a very accessible, approachable group of people here who are very brilliant is a great marketing message for us because it comes from a very authentic place. And DEI is crucial to that. Well-being is crucial to that. And I've been very appreciative to see how the firm has authentically framed all of that, not just through marketing, but through our recruitment efforts, our, our client service, et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah. And that idea of that strong culture will also encourage stronger, like, you know, smarter people to join your team as well, to want to be a part of something like that. Absolutely. Which is Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. And we're seeing that to be true. We, you know, a lot of law firms now grow through lateral acquisition. So in other words, that partner level has the book of business from another firm. And we're seeing more and more of those people respond to what they're seeing happen at Clark Hill. And they're like, I, I want to work there. I feel like I will 
do my best work and I will be appreciated for myself, but I'll be part of a larger team that can support me because no attorney can answer all the questions. So an attorney that's great in mergers and acquisitions might come across a labor and employment issue and that might not be their strength. But if they know they have a colleague that can step right in, support them, support the client needs, that that creates that stickiness that we want with our clients and with our talent. Absolutely. And it's got to be better to be kind of leading the charge, at least in terms, rather than being the one who's like coming up last. So correct. Yeah, definitely. So another question I had for you is you mentioned that you have seen some pretty great success actually with like your social media presence, some of these videos that you've been doing, everything like that. Has most of that filling that funnel, like you mentioned, has most of that been organic, like you all just attracting people? Or has any of that been through like, you know, paid advertising or, or uh, search engine optimization, stuff like that? Both. And this is where, you know, I mentioned Alex France and Tommy and Franz is another member of our team. They've had to pull me back a few times because what tends to happen is I then when I get home, pull out my iPad, look at what we've put out there during the course of the day. And then I just go along and boost, 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 boost. boost. <laughs> and for a long time, it certainly helps create that reach you want. The downside is your engagement level isn't always where you want it to be. Now, what they have done parallel to me playing on my iPad is look at more curated content, more focused content on our social. So really focusing it on not just every media mentioned, but the ones where we have really profiled an attorney and it's substantive or an authored alert that really goes into some detail or video. So we're not posting eight or nine things a day. It's two or three substantive things that then now I've, I've handed that targeting piece off to them. We're actually paying less and we're getting far greater engagement. They saw a 69% increase in our engagement rate we're kind of have both these tracks going at the same time where we're pulling back a little bit on our paid investment because we've got that snowball rolling enough. And they're looking kind of at a more targeted approach to let the organic happen for a bit and then boost it after you've built who's that audience that's naturally gravitating toward this content. And does this piece of content need an assist or is this one humming along fine? The other thing we did from a digital advertising space to launch our brand, American Lawyer Media has, and a lot of companies have this, but we liked that they were in our industry space that, uh, you know, targeted marketing, account-based marketing, where Mm -hmm. they are putting banner ads up for, you know, our industry launches, the brand launch to then target by title, company, industry, and their subscriber base, and then having those ads follow those people around the internet. Again, not a novel approach generally, but novel for legal because legal isn't doing a lot of that right now. So we were making sure that, especially during the early days of our brand launch, we were kind of omnipresent. So if you're on social media or you're consuming business and legal news, you're seeing our our name and hopefully then checking out our content. Yeah, definitely. And that's a great way to be. You want to make sure that when people see you, they see you multiple, multiple times rather than just once and forget about it. It's something that keeps showing back up. I I think that's what law firms and law firm marketers forget that all the time. They're like, well, we put that out once. Okay. Do you think Marvel, here we go, comic books, when Marvel, when they're launching Ant-Man and Quantumania or whatever the heck the next one is, those ads are everywhere. Right. You know, so you get to the point of inevitability. I gotta go see that movie. So, you know, you, you can't, and we talk to our attorneys about this too. Yes, we're doing what we can, but use your own channels, repost these articles, do them multiple times. And if it's something you wrote last year and it's still valid, share it again and say, hey, if you missed this last year, the content still has some bearing here, a couple of other thoughts I had. So you're you're constantly in that mode of, I'm giving you information to be helpful. So when you need me, you pick up the phone or drop me an email and say, hey, can I hire you for work? Yeah. And we hear that all the time, how important it is to ensure that the team as a whole is invested in it. And they're also sharing things. They're also publishing things. They're also encouraging other people to interact with the brand and the business, et cetera. So 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I do want to say, sadly, we're running short on time here, so we're going to have to cut it. I'm not uh, anxious. I'm sorry. <laughs> Roy, I wanted to thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. I know our audience does as well. So thank, thank you again. for having me. Awesome. All right, Mogul Nation. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Marketing Mogul Podcast, and we will see you in the next one.